The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Let's get to our guest, Stephen Innes, managing partner at SPI Asset Management. Stephen, sometimes when you get good news, it's hard to figure out whether it's good news or whether good news is bad news. And then sometimes when you're trying to figure out if it's good news, like the China reopening, you're wondering whether it's really good news, because although there's growth, there might be inflation. What, what should we be doing in our market action at the moment? I love that analysis, Brian. That's exactly how I feel right now. Um, the China reopening is definitely a double-edged sword when it comes to inflation. Now, while the uh, China reopening could provide a much-needed untimely boost to the global economy, I think it's going to come with some un- ambiguous, sorry, let me rephrase that, some ambiguous strings. I think, uh, you know, China is a typical supplier uh, of low-cost goods globally and easing of bottlenecks, uh, supply chain bottlenecks is going to be quite positive for inflation still. The bad news is growth accelerates through Q1. China's insatiable demand for raw materials and all things energy is going to pump those prices up. And this is what the Fed and ECB are worried about. And I think it's this uh, revolving negative loop of inflation we find ourselves always returning to again. For China itself, Stephen, is it a buy with the reopening of its borders? Unquestionably, yes. I mean, I think the low valuations were very attractive for people to get in on the initial waves. And I think any dips we're going to see, whether it's caused by spikes in COVID cases or worries about the healthcare system, are going to be bought. I think, um, you know, the outlook for stocks is a lot different from from other assets where you've got a longer time view uh, to really consider those moves. And I think, you know, when we look at long-term investing, it's not a one or two month investment plan, really a multi-year investment plan. So I think signs here beyond COVID that the uh, PBOC and other policymakers are actually going to be stimulating the economy, specifically driving money into uh, platform tech, platform technologies, and also the uh, trying to um, abate some of the angst in the property markets. These are very mm-hmm. positive signposts that investors are going to flock to. So nobody's been going to China, and Hong Kong is right on you know right right on the southern tip here. And uh, it's got to be a good thing for Hong Kong. But the Hang Seng Index is just past 20,000, coming up from 14,000 and change. I know it's a long way from what we fell from, 31,000 and change. But has a lot of this already been priced in? I think a lot of it, the early part has been priced in. I think it's the wait and see mode right now because we're still not really clear how mobility rebounds during the next few months. Um, and, we're, and and as we could see by uh, what's happened with Tesla, uh, extending their uh, their lockdown there, their shutdown there because of the increase in COVID. So it's unclear what, how corporations, foreign corporations, and also households are going to react to the next you know, COVID regime. Uh, how things are going to react uh, before, before we're going is still a little bit uncertain. This could weigh on growth uh, throughout the early stages and possibly even into greater part of 2023. 
If you take a step back and look at the broader markets, global stocks, they've fallen as rates climb. Um, what assumptions are you making about where they'll head next year? Set to fall further, especially bearing in mind that they fell from massively elevated levels. You know, we're looking at sticky inflation um, encompassing through the planet right now, and this is still going to be a problem. And I think, um, although everybody was wrong in their inflation outlook in 2022, where they thought it would subside, I think we could have the same problem again in 2023. And this could be actually uh, spurred on by this China reopening. It could embolden the feds to heighten uh, hike interest rates even more. I would be surprised if we're still talking about rate hikes at the end of 2023. And this is a problem um, that, that, that we're facing right now as Fed has basically told us um, that they're going to you know, hurt the economy. Uh, is that a good time to be owning assets of any kind, let alone long duration assets, which seem to be the favorites of, of the markets. I don't think so. I still, can, still think cash is probably the best at the money put you can have right now. And I sort of remaining cash, at least sitting a few hands out um, in the early stages of Q1 to see how the cards fall before really jumping in with any gusto. I don't know what other people are thinking, but I'm taking a little bit of a defensive approach to, to uh, the 20, 2023 reopening narrative. And, and what would be a sign that would get you to change your, your mood? Well, inflation dropping. You know, I mean, that would be, a, we, we just went through the PCE inflation in, we, in the U.S. and we had uh, revisions higher for October. And this is a bit of a problem here. I didn't really give that all clear sign that we were saying that uh, that inflation is dropping. Look, we're still miles away from 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 the Fed's target. Uh, my my view here, it was quite easy to come from nine to seven. You know, moving from seven to five could be a little bit tricky, but certainly moving from five down to two percent, uh, where where the Fed's target is going to be very difficult. I think the Feds just have to keep interest rates high if that's what their ultimate goal is, both to bring down that bring down this uh, strong employment case and also to drive down inflation out of the economy. It's going to be a challenge. As you said, Stephen, top of mind for central banks is tightening. What could still break in the financial system that's so used to low rates and cheap money? Are there risks to financial stability? Yeah, there is. I mean, we always look at for internal plumbing effects, and primarily that you know, revolves around what the big, big items are in the U.S. and Fed's lending system, and and how the Fed always, you know, will operate, and the fact amongst this evolving bond market as yields start going up again. These are things that we have to really consider. We're also coming into um, where, where we've got situations where government issues that are going to permeate in the U.S. because of the divided house we have. Lots of policies that we're getting implemented may not actually get put forward because it'll be pushed back from the republics. Of course, we're running into the, the refinancing period, and this is always going to be a wall of worry for markets this year, whether whether, whether the uh, U.S. Uh, debt ceiling actually comes comes into a reasonable ordering. I, I don't think it will because the differences they have in the house right now, this is going to be a big problem that the markets are going to have to deal with going forward. So, Stephen, if as an investor, if my biggest concern was recession, the reopening of China probably makes me more confident. If my biggest fear was inflation, then the reopening of China probably makes me nervous. Is it as simple as that? Or are there so many other factors that this is really just one out of 10? Well, you know, I, my view here going into 2023 was we're going to move out of uh, the inflation there and start worrying about, you know, the lagged effects of what the Fed is going to do to the global economy. Obviously, it's going to hit the U.S. economy uh, and, and whether that spreads the global economy. Now, 
given the fact that everything's still stemming from inflation, um, sticky inflation in the PCE, more inflation on coming down the pipe, likely from China. Um, but we're still waiting, waiting to see on that. But I think it's going to happen through the commodity channels. So I think we're going to be in that very, very similar environment. Um, I think a good uh, asset right now is to look at is is oil, for instance, right now, where we're stuck in this sort of ambivalent environment right now where we've got these tight supplies and recession fears pulling traders in different directions. I think we're going to have this inflation uh, and this inflation narrative, slow growth narrative, pulling investors in different directions next year. And this is what I'm concerned about, at least at the early stages of uh, 2023. So what assumptions are you making about oil prices in 2023? And in that vein, along that vein, commodities, which have been the outperformer this year? Well, I think we have to really be cautious about um you know, looming recessions, and these are never, ever good for commodities, and they won't be good for oil prices. And that's the one concern that we have. But then we have the counter arguments getting made by you know, the likes of Goldman Sachs about the underinvestment in the oil market. And this suggests to me that oil prices are going to remain high, but are we going to mm. see $100 per barrel again? I don't think so. I think what we're going to see is a, you know, a happy spot between 75 and 85. And I actually think we're near the top of that range right now in oil markets going into, uh, into 2023. The reason why I'm looking at this is, first of all, we're not sure how mobility is going to unfold in China. Look, we know there's going to be a lot of psychological angst to come back out of your house after being locked in right. for three years. People aren't going to come out and be jumping for joy right away. So this could delay the reopening, you know, the reopening enthusiasm for six months. But Right. Stephen, we have to live it there. Stephen Innes, Managing Partner, SPI Asset Management. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. 